it started through my celebrity TV show, The Basha Show. I quickly realized that my purpose was so much more than simply interviewing celebrities. I've always wanted to build a global network to elevate women, but I was afraid. So one day, I realized that I already had the platform and I just needed to be my authentic, vulnerable self. So I decided to call up some queens from around the world and they all agreed to pull up. That was the moment we launched the Ask Basha video podcast and we're just getting started. We're going to change this game. We're going to teach women how to treat each other and how to treat themselves right. You feel me? Hey guys, it's your girl Basha. Today is Tuesday, so you know what's up. It's time for the Arts Basha video podcast. And today our topic is, has digital technology hijacked communication and marketing? Um, I want to say media as well. Um, and if you are having a difficult time with this transition, so am I. <laughs> um, if you've been doing media, PR, communication, marketing for the past 20 years, like yours truly, you would have experienced a shift or may have seen a shift coming. Digital technology has changed the game. You know, um, I think I would say forever. And we have every reason to believe there's more to come. Once upon a time, we had CNN and CNN was regarded as the most up to the minute outlet. And then Twitter arrived and obliviated traditional media and delivered, you know, news in a second. So today I'm joined by some queens. You know, I can't talk about all these issues by myself and I'm not the expert. So I had to take a trip around the world to call in the big guns. And <laughs> today I would like to welcome back. I'll start with... Our bottom left, Dr. Rhonda McCowan. She's a mother of two beautiful people. Her 17-year-old daughter is a music-loving and adventurous young woman on the autism spectrum. Dr. McCowan is a Canada Research Chair in Tactile Interfaces, Communication and Cogni Cognition, and is a Professor of Emerging Media and Communication. Dr. McCowan is the Director of the Institute of Communication, Culture, Information, and Technology at the University of Toronto, Missyaga. Mississauga. Oh God, help me. Mississauga. Mississauga. Right. And, and I've been there, so that's very embarrassing. But <laughs> it's been a two-week hiatus. Leave a girl alone. And then we're going <laughs> to the top center. We're going up to New Jersey, Tunic to be exact. And we want to welcome back. Mrs. Joanne Gadsden. She's back for a second time. It was so nice. She got to do it twice. Joanne Gadsden has over 20 years human resources experience in the pharmaceutical, consumer packaged goods, and software industries, holding positions of increasing responsibility during her tenure. Prior to joining Workstripe, she was a senior director human resources for Antenna Software, Joanne is a strategic business partner with the innate ability to understand high-level business objectives and develop people and culture initiatives that have a positive business impact. 
She has experience, expertise sorry, in the areas of culture, performance management, employee relations, full circle recruiting across functions, and employee coaching and counseling. Joanne has her BBA in finance and banking with a concentration in psychology from Hofstra University. So I would imagine that digital technology has really impacted HR. <laughs> and we're moving to Tennessee and we're welcoming back this queen for who started this thing with me, Dr. Ayana Elaine Eastman. Dr. Ayana Elaine Eastman is a native of Trinidad and Tobago who believes in the importance of pursuing your dreams. Her career path has included communication and public relations experiences with state and international agencies such as the United Nations. At present, she's an assistant professor mm, of communication. Is this right? Yes. Single mother of a tenacious 14-year-old girl and an avid writer, she shares her thoughts and musings on motherhood, singleness, dating, and more on her blog, Successful Mom. In her spare time, she hikes mountain trails and plans events. And most of all, she wants you to know she's a woman of God. Is that the correct bio I read, Dr. Eastman? Yes, it is. Okay, I have just, something's wrong with me today. And last but by no means least. You're perfect. You're perfect. Nothing's oh, wrong. Thank you. Thank you, Whitney Marshall. Whitney Marshall, from the, back from the tri-state. Well, actually, from New York, New York. It's our girl, Whitney Marshall, attorney and law. Whitney Marshall is an entertainment lawyer by day and a dating coach by night. Girl, after my own heart. She's a founder of Yes to 50, a dating accountability group she started in 2019 before the COVID-19 pandemic. As the leader of Yes to 50, she has established a shameless dating brand where she encourages women to get in touch with who they are, accept their flaws and relationship needs and put themselves out there so they can find their perfect partners. She's the daughter of Jamaicans from St. Elizabeth and Kingston and enjoys spending time reading psychology and dating books. Ladies, welcome back to the Ask Basher video podcast. You see, I almost forget the name of the podcast. Too much break, too much hiatus. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I a break, please. It's an honor to have you all. Please pardon me. Summing's up today, but I'm a little rusty and we're going to get started right now. I'm ready and sharp. How y'all doing? We're good. 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 I'm getting straight to it because rumor has it, Dr. Eastman got to leave us because she has places to be and people to meet. So she's leaving shortly and I want to get her take on this because she's one of the experts on the panel today. But <laughs> I'm starting with Dr. McCoon. Canada coming in strong. Dr. McCoon, I'm starting with you sure. as digital technology, hijack communication, marketing, media, PR, you name it. I'm gonna be controversial to kick it off. And I'm I gonna love say, it, I love it. I'm gonna say no mm -hmm. and, and we'll get to that later. So do you yeah. want me to, to just give my answer and then we come back, right? Yeah, so you, you said right. no. I'm gonna say no, no, not really. Not really. Well, we're going to Dr. Eastman, the other professor of communication, and we want to hear what the other professor in Tennessee has to say today. What are you saying, Dr. Eastman? Has digital well, technology hijacked the thing? Well, you know, I'm always controversial as well. So I'm going to say no, because I still teach the traditional. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. 
you know, one of the things I checked up even before I came here looking up my facts and figures, you know, mm -hmm. the traditional media is trusted much more than um, the non-traditional social media um, that's out there. Wow. Well, I'm going to leave the legal expert for last and I'm going to HR because I don't know what y'all said. But HR, what do you have to say, Joanne Gatson, about whether digital media has hijacked, and I use the word hijack loosely. Yes, yes. Yeah. I like so controversy. One of, so one of the things you asked us was about, was hijack too strong of a word? I actually think it is too strong of a word. Well, but answer the question now. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but has it, I'm sorry, I had to go there. But has it, has it impacted us? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure I'm all the way yes or all the way no, but I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. It's this is not industrial relations. This is not industrial relations. <laughs> it's definitely impacted. Yes, I it say has. yes. I say yes. Well, I can't wait to hear what the attorney has to say about this. Your, your client's counselor. <laughs> I would say yes. Yes. I love it. I yeah. love it. So now I am going back to Toronto, yes. Mississauga, to be precise. <laughs> I get it right. Now, Dr. McCurin, why you say no? Right. I'm gonna <laughs> so I'm gonna explain myself because I need to explain myself. Correct. What I think is that by saying it that way, it makes it sound as if the technology is leading the change. Mm -hmm. And from my research and looking at what we see out there, I actually think consumer behavior may mm. be hijacked marketing and communication as well. And the technology facilitates it mm -hmm. and absolutely offers it a way, a place to go. Um, and so for me, these technologies are sometimes leading but most times following what we actually are seeing is a massive change in the way that consumers and and customers interact with their businesses no longer is the best mouse trap which we were taught in school mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right going to bring your customers it has a lot more to do with relationship and communication and that's a demand of our consumer base versus technology mm -hmm. generating that change so, so in, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but are you saying that technology is just a facilitator of the changes the consumers are really demanding? I think so. I think really people have demanded of their of their products and services a certain level of interaction and um, uh, and immediate responsiveness that technology certainly help drive. But I actually do think that the but what we're seeing is much more, we need to turn the focus off of Twitter or wherever, whatever platform we're thinking of, even mobile phones, and focus on what fundamentally shifted in human behavior mm. and the way that we interact with our businesses such that they're no longer untouchable. Um, and I think that there are many factors that got us to this point. But I agree with um, Dr. Eastman that it's not going to go back. And you said it too. I think we're here to stay. Yeah. We're here to stay. It don't mean that I like it. <laughs> you know, we don't we don't always like it. <laughs> you know, um, so I'm not gonna go to Dr. Eastman yet because I, I usually can predict a controversy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to go to the counselor. All right. So, counselor, take us to the courtroom. So Tell us. I think, well, first and foremost, I will say this. I think 
change is the only constant. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't necessarily mean that hijacking doesn't occur when change is happening. So I work in television. Mm -hmm. Technology has completely disrupted the way people watch TV. And in turn, it has made, you know, working in the entertainment business very challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that piece of it. But then the thing that really makes me think um, technology has hijacked communication as we know it is the fact that uh, we see all of this misinformation about politics online that we like that we've really never seen before. And I definitely think, um, you know, the fact that we rely on Facebook and Twitter and these social networks that enable people to be in a, an information funnel mm-hmm. has hijacked our society. Mm-hmm. So I purposely included a word hijack because of the limited ability to filter such platforms. Not that it's not good, not that we don't need it, not that we shouldn't have it, not that I wanna go back, but the filtering bothers me, you know? But let me not tell you my overall thinking and I I would go to HR as I tend to do in any matter that bothers me in my organization. So I'm gonna go to Mrs. Joanne Gatson. What say you? So it's interesting. So. I agree with um, Dr. McEwen and with Whitney Marshall completely on both sides. And the way I'm going to talk about it is so with Whitney Marshall, the way she's speaking about it, I kind of think about my internal customers, all of my Mm -hmm. employees that make my team up. Mm-hmm. With Dr. McEwen, I think about my external customers, our, our customers, our, our consumers. We're a B2B company, so our, our customers that we work with. And she's 100% right. They demand it's all about a relationship. It's all about that face-to-face communication. They don't mm-hmm. want the, the digital piece. They like the digital piece, right? We're a software company, so they absolutely want that digital piece, right? But they also uh, demand that relationship. You know, where I find is my internal customers, my employees, what it's affected so much. People are people don't know how to build a relationship anymore. People don't know how to have a face to face conversation. People go to our instant messaging for, um, you know, their their first mode of communication. So, you know, that's why I was saying yes and no. So I guess, you know, as I'm talking this through my internal customers, my employees definitely hijacked, mm-hmm. you know, external, probably not so much because mm-hmm. I think they do demand that relationship. Um, but just it's really overall affected communication and how you communicate with people. And, and again, so many people are just, they rely on their phone or the device. Nobody, yes. nobody can talk to one another anymore. Mm-mm. And and I think it's teaching them how not to spell right, you know, because when I when I see when I see the text I'm getting from the young people and I have to bust my brain to to see what you know what these abbreviations mean. Uh-huh. You know, when I when I use hijack, when I when I look at it from a hijacked perspective, those are the things I'm referring to. And like you, I'm in agreement with both ladies yeah. who are two. I mean, I can't do without it. I am fully in agreement with Dr. McCruin, but I'm fully in agreement with Whitney Marshall. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's one of those kinds of discussions. 
Okay, Doc. Doc in Tennessee, Doctor. Ayana, Elaine Eastman. Uh -huh. What say you? What say you? You know you always bring it right for me. No <laughs> filter. So I, I study risk communication. And one of my studies focuses in particular on um, the U.S., how risk messages are conveyed. And when I looked at things like um, Hurricane Katrina, Hurricane Sandy, and the messages that were sent out to different population groups, it wasn't the technology that saved lives. It was face-to-face -face communication and people who other people trust. So you trust people who look like you. You trust your faith-based agencies. You know, so yes, I see the importance of, of um, the social media, the internet driving, as Dr. McEwen said, driving, um, um, you know, the, the communication, facilitating the process. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, I see the importance of, of the social media hijacking this whole, at least, you know, as Patrick said, hijacking. But at the end of the day, you know, that basic instinct, the survival instinct, the thing that keeps us alive is the traditional media. I, I, or, or certainly, I am, I'm 100% in agreement with you. Um, and, and, or certainly the desire for the traditional media, you know, um, for, for those of us who, are, and I'm going to come right back to you because I know you have to leave us for a function. So I'm going to start with you. Um, I know for those of us who have the, the good fortune of, of, of being raised or being from the Caribbean, um, mm -hmm. we are some of the few people in this world that would still witness a papers man selling papers, a papers mm -hmm. vendor, I should mm -hmm. say, um, mm -hmm. selling the, the newspaper, the Gazette very mm -hmm. early in the morning and it's in high demand. I mean, mm -hmm. I was very amazed by a mutual friend of ours, um, Dr. McCurran, who would pick up her paper at a certain place in the West. And, and it struck me at that point, I didn't even know if to feel bad or if to feel good because I consider myself someone who I stay abreast, of course, now of technology. I am always out there hunting and trying to keep abreast as an entrepreneur, but when I saw that and I saw other people going to grab their gazette, <laughs> it was such an unusual sight. It was a blast from the past because where I live in North America and where we travel outside of North America, whether it's to the UK and so on, that is not something I see. Mm -hmm. So when I see those reminders and when as a, 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 an entrepreneur in media, when I'm negotiating with my clients, and see the drastic shift that has taken place in a, I wouldn't even say a five-year, but even a three-year um, time span and where budgets are being assigned to now for advertising. You know, it's crazy. If you don't stay abreast, you, you, you sink, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so Dr. Eastman, you know, has, how has the messages, this new messaging rather, type of messaging, digital messaging, digital technology, impacted PR and news from where you sit, communication. How, give us a, a, a definition, and, and not necessarily the pros and the cons at this stage, but mm -hmm. in general, from, you say you still tr teach the traditional form. Is mm -hmm. it, I think it's more appropriate to ask you, does it make sense? for universities to, to, to teach traditional form. And that's not a, a catch um, question. It's not a, you know, a, a, 
it's not meant to be controversial. It's, it's right. really something that I want to know authentically because we, we're preparing people. What would be the justification for it to be taught in it? traditional right. sense. that's so that's, that's like what the young people say now right they say they look at us in school and they're like why go to school when i can be a tiktok superstar right mm -hmm. i can have x amount come on make a video and get a million hits and i'm making more money than than any professor correct right? so, yeah, so um so yeah i get it but as i tell my pr students from the get-go i said public relations is about building mutually beneficial relationships right and on top of that one of the rules of thumb is be truthful. They don't expect that part because they expect mm -hmm. what we've been told is that public relations is about spinning messages, but really it's about your reputation and the reputation of other organizations that you work with. So even mm -hmm. if you're a TikTok superstar, a Facebook superstar entrepreneur, whatever, LinkedIn, well, not LinkedIn so much, but you know. Um, you can be a LinkedIn superstar too. Well, I guess so, but you still need to be credible. People yeah. still need to believe you. When you say you're going to do something, that you're doing it. And you're mm -hmm. doing it the right, you know, whatever the right way. Or the way that people can look to you and say, hey, you know, John, John Quincy, um, mm -hmm. sexy, said he was going to do X, Y, Z, and he did it. He jumped over the bridge, mm -hmm. right? That's credibility, too. You mm -hmm. know, so I teach um, the foundations of media, the foundations of communicating, the importance of communicating. And that, and, hasn't changed. That, and that hasn't changed. Yeah. I, I see Dr. McEwen um, agreeing and shaking her head. So I think yes. I want to bring her in next because you are also a professor. Yes. And, and I think your, your, if I'm wrong, correct me, but I think your portfolio has more to do with the new, the new emerging. and emerging. Absolutely. So that's why I was so excited to bring you two together. Well, so when and it's and it's yeah. so interesting that the two of us, although mm -hmm. you know, um, Dr. Eastman is doing much more of the really. I know I love that we call it traditional. I find it such a strange word because it's still mm -hmm. it's not like it's dead and gone, right? Like no, it's still the mainstay mm -hmm. of our media, especially as she said, credible sources of media continue to be, and an even more so. With the amount of dis and misinformation we've seen, now we see that people finally start saying, "Okay, actually, I need to get my news not from Facebook, <laughs> but maybe from other, you know, qualified, legitimate um, news sources." And journalism has actually been on the rise since new media and social media have come in. So what I'll go back to say is, I do a lot in emerging media, right? My that's my main space, and I think we need to separate two things. Neither Dr. Isman nor I are saying that things haven't changed, yeah. nor have things not been disrupted. We are agreeing 100% with those sentiments. Mm -hmm. I think what we're also bringing to the conversation is that maybe things have changed um, for other reasons. So I'll go back to something that was said earlier. Television was one of the last to go through a big revolution, right? TV mm -hmm. kind of maintained its position. But I'm, as I'm, I'm a telecommunications engineer from my master's. And so from mm -hmm. a technology perspective, mm -hmm. these changes we see in television have been coming for a long time. Long time. Right? Yeah. Long time. This is over 30 years of change on the technology. Mm -hmm. Now, what happened in between is things like, I don't know if you remember Napster. Now, this is dating us. Ah. So <laughs> no, I don't remember anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> Napster was really founded in 1999, but really came on the scene in 2002. And Napster brought about a streaming service. They were the first ones to, to really talk about, well, we don't need to buy the whole record. What if you just want one song? 
Hmm. What if you can put that together? And what if they won't share it with you because of copyright law? We'll find a way around that. Mm-hmm. Napsa didn't come up with this as a kind of a brilliant idea in a, in a in a bathroom. They were watching what people were doing. And if yeah. you want to be honest, we were mixing tapes off the radio. A cassette tape. Um, and we were doing some of that. And so yeah. what they did is they they basically took advantage of what they were seeing and created a platform to make they looked it at the data easy. and they that looked is at the data look mm-hmm. at look at human behavior mm-hmm. cell phones became um texting came about because japanese teenage um, um young women were using phones and creating their own language based on numbers hmm. so it started with pages not with the cell phone and the cell phone right. saw the pager movement and it evolved trying yes. to send data and they took advantage so for me i'm always very careful about technological determinism, which mm-hmm. says technology caused it versus let's look at what people are were doing and are doing and follow those breadcrumbs. And then we might see actually how the technology capitalizes and tries to make money. Boy, okay. You see, which, listen, you all don't understand when my queens pull up, right? It's facts. <laughs> These women are brilliant. And, you know, I, I, I boast about you all when I go out in the street. I'm like, have you seen our show? We have the brightest minds around the world. And when I say it to them, they don't necessarily like to receive it. But I'm saying it to y'all. If you're listening, if you're watching, this is why you need to watch this platform. Because when my queens pull up from around the world, you have to learn something. Dr. McCoyne, thank you for that. That's facts, you know. Let's go to Joanne Gadsden. Joanne Gadsden, HR. Now, I've had the benefits of being in all the worlds with a legal mind, even though I'm not an attorney. So when you all are talking, I can so immerse myself um, past the present. I started in the corporate world in HR. I can imagine what's going on now. I'm no longer doing that side of HR. I'm still in communication from an entrepreneurship um, standpoint, went through print, TV, digital. I've I've been walking the streets, but with an HR mind, with a legal mind. So I am very interested to hear what you have to say on how this has impacted HR, if you like it, you know, how it's impacted in messaging. Go ahead. Yeah. I think, I mean, look, I think it's, it definitely has its pros and its cons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's convenient. Um, it's, it, it disseminates information so efficiently and yeah. quickly. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the pro of it. The cons is that it has definitely affected overall productivity. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, in the workplace. Um, mm. It's affected uh, altering like people's morals and values. <laughs> you know, I, I hate to say it, but just the way people, people see something and they automatically think it's Bible as opposed to doing some research to really get the facts and mm-hmm. see is it really rooted in something that's true (laughs) you know is there data to support it um and i know that's one thing that we always talk about um you know in our organization is like you know what's the data what's the facts you don't want to just be throwing things out there just because you heard it someplace i I just Um, have a follow-up question for you as we talk about hr you can still continue to say what you were going to say but please address 
the issue of traditional HR when HR would wait on the PR department to send out the message, to send the, the how has that been impacted from an HR point of view? So, I mean, right now I work for a small organization, so I think I am kind of PR. You know, we mm -hmm. only have 36 employees. So I'm, I, I've been away from larger organizations, the larger pharmaceutical and consumer packaged goods organizations for mm -hmm. a while. Um, I, I think it all kind of resides with me right now and my leadership team. So we have the advantage that we can actually manage that. Merge, yeah. We can't really yeah. talk too much about how larger organizations are handling that right now. Yeah. But then we also have against us too, you know, the whole social media thing. And then you have all this information, but then you have your employees sounding off on different things. And I have absolutely had people reach out to me, find me on LinkedIn and mm -hmm. said, your employee said this, this, and this, and did <laughs> this and this. And is this the type of person you want working for your organization? So we do have, you know, uh, a social media policy that basically just says in a nutshell, just watch what you say and do, you know, you are a representative of the organization, yeah. but it's very hard to manage that. So it goes back to overall, like, you know, again, affecting their productivity because people are addicted to it. They mm -hmm. watch it during the day as, as they're walking to the bathroom, as they're walking back from the bathroom. And, you know, now that everybody's working from home <laughs> and you can't control any of it, right? No, no. You don't know what people are doing. Yeah. So it's, it's, it, it definitely has, like I said, an, an impacted more of the internal customer for us, like our employees. Yeah. And it's very interesting for you to bring that perspective, because if you were not on the panel, I, I don't think I would have seeing that I would be thinking more of the external consumers. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Dr. Eastman, I know that you have another place to be at this time. So, you know, I'm so happy that you were able to, to bring the traditional, to raise the traditional approach and, and give us a little perspective. I would love for you to have stayed longer, but all good things must come to an end and I'm going to see you soon. Yes. Nice meeting you ladies. Bye-bye. All right. See you soon. Bye. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, so Whitney Marshall, I can't yeah. wait because you you were the only one who de um, declared outrightly declared very brave to say, listen, it has hijacked. So <laughs> give us a direct impact on entertainment as you see it on sure. the legal from a legal perspective, particularly um, the law is the law. The word is the word. And maybe you're out there seeing people changing all these law, you know, on social media. And that's crazy. And digital, and they put it through the digital marketing uh, machine. Because it's not just social media that's a part of the digital marketing machine. So let's be very clear on that. Um, I should know better. Sure. So what I would say is, you know, from a business perspective, thinking about you know, big networks, TV networks, big radio stations, um, music outlets. Digital media has hijacked um, our relationships with talent as we know it. Okay. So think about it this way. Before, when somebody was on a TV show, um, the network, the TV network, would have complete control over the PR involved, right? No press releases are released without the network signing off on it. Um, talent usually you know, they're not permitted to talk about the projects they're working on until they get the green light from the network. But now, because everybody's on social media, sometimes we can't control what the talent 
does on their social media accounts. And so we have to look out for ourselves, right? Yeah. Or we have to look out for the company, the TV network, because the last thing we want is to have the star of a show say something racist, sexist, whatever on their social media, and then there's a backlash. Yeah. When that happens, the network is also harmed Yeah. because it makes the network look bad. So um, I think it's interesting because, as I was saying before, the network had more control over the network's image, the talent's mm -hmm. image, mm -hmm. and whatever show. I understand uh, what you're saying totally. Right, but <laughs> now um, it's just it's fascinating because social media too has um, started to impact how networks determine who the talent is going to be in the first place. So something people ask numbers, now is, the oh, numbers, how much followers yeah, you have. Yeah, how many uh -huh. followers do they have? Mm -hmm. um, you know, what are they about? So hmm. um, it's just been interesting because uh, another conversation that is had often is, okay, well, how much do we want to try to control the talent and what they put on their social media? And hmm. these days, a lot, of, a lot of the time, the talent has all the leverage. They're the ones who have, you know, hundreds of, thousands of followers and yeah. all it takes one mm -hmm. post on their end um, <laughs> and they own their social media accounts and everything mm -hmm. that's posted up there so that definitely takes the control out of the network's hands so it hijacks our relationships with talent in that way so you know what's interesting i'm literally the center of all of you guys right mm -hmm. um i i i knew that whitney marshall would come on here and say exactly that. I knew, so when I, I tell people all the time, like I'm the alchemist, you know, like I, when I choose, when we do the roster for our podcast, we know exactly what we're cooking up, right? Because I have been in a part of your world um, mm -hmm. as somebody who represented a lot of talents from the Caribbean as well for PR purposes, et cetera, et cetera. I understand exactly what you're saying with regards to the, and, and that's the reason I inserted the word hijack because right. I have seen that. I have experienced the hijacking of digital technology on, on, on those, in those sectors. Um, not so much. I think it has improved communication and media from a technical standpoint. Like if, if the, if I'm to be honest, I like as a, an entrepreneur, the ability to collect data, the ability that for small businesses, we now have, we are now able, and not many people can say that, to spend, to spend limited dollars and in the right spots and get maximum returns. Many years ago in advertising and marketing, you have to have a big budget to get significant returns. And if I'm being honest, with very limited data being provided to you, digital technology, because of experts like Dr. McCoon and others, they can now cook up all these things coming to us, right? And we can say, where's the data? Show me the data. All right, I'm spending that. I want to target Mississauga, New York, New York, New Jersey, Atlanta, Georgia. We did not have the ability to do that just a few years ago, correct, Dr. McCurry? Mm -hmm. That's right, and, so, and, and yeah, that's like, absolutely right. Yeah. So I, I just like wanted that. to comment on what you're saying, um, Basha, because mm -hmm. you know what has absolutely what Whitney Marshall just said. What actually got hijacked 
-hmm. is the control. And that that is really fundamentally what mm -hmm. what got hijacked. And it's not that 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 hijacking of control, though, brings a certain, you know, from a political economy perspective, we think about agency and the client, mm -hmm. the client agent relationship mm -hmm. blew that up. Um, and I actually think that the the corporation controlling the brand, therefore control, you know, controlling the talent from that mm -hmm. perspective. Now we see personal branding and the ability for people to regain control over their personal image. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, Bashan, I don't know if anybody does it as well as you do in terms of building Thank that you, personal honey. brand. Thank um, you. And so for me, the, the what got blew, blown up there too was the gatekeeping. And now we have places where people who never would have been given a chance mm -hmm. in these large agencies can actually mm -hmm. go out on their own. I mean, I look at, I'm going to be all Canadian repping right now, but I could do Trinis easily too. But yeah. Drake, Drake had no contract, right? You put your stuff out there. Justin come, Bieber. Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber, right? Oh, think of, and there's so many instances where the talent that yeah. we see now actually came about. Um, and we're facilitating through digital media. And so mm -hmm. I, I do think on the one hand, it has been a downfall to the large giant mm -hmm. um, organizations that had a lot of control and that grappling mm -hmm. with the loss of control is difficult. Mm -hmm. I work for a university. Our faculty are active on Twitter and that mm -hmm. is part of the actual academic, um, we call it now the para-university sphere, mm -hmm. where it's outside of our boundaries. And mm -hmm. we cannot, like a private um, company, tell people what they can and cannot post. So, so Joanne Gadsden's organization has the ability to do that. We cannot tell faculty mm -hmm. what they can say or how they engage because they have academic freedom. But yeah. in the meantime, what we are doing is offering other supports and other education around how these platforms work, mm -hmm. how to manage this, and how to mitigate the risk. Right. So and Dr. Eastman is in the area of risk. And we know that just the old school way of saying, do not do these things. <laughs> That's not working. It's not going to work. And it actually, I'm OK with it not working. We're blowing up yeah. business models and we're really transforming what's happening. And I think people have wanted that for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think and I'm going to go back to Joanne Gadsden, but I don't think any of us are saying, if I'm correct, ladies, that that, you know, it's not good. I think for the large part even maybe Whitney Marshall would agree to this, the, we, the, the benefits far outweigh the, the cons, right? Um, it's just that um, when, you've, when you have the, the, the distinct honor of seeing the previous and the currents, and thankfully you're able to keep up with it, <laughs> trying to be nice, right? You, you're, thankfully you're able to keep up with it because God bless you with a brain and you're keeping up, right? Um, you, you, you can see the distinct difference. So there are things that may irritate you if, if you had the distinct honor of being at the end of the traditional era coming in to this, you know? There are some things that would irritate you. Um, but for me, I have seen where it's easier for corporations to make faster, more informed decisions as a result, as a result sorry, of, of data. Um, and it's just that I, I'm very traditional when it comes to filtering. I don't think that that side of me, and I, and you, I know that um, Dr. McCoon, you know, sort of don't like the word tradition. No. So give me a new word. I, I, I am, you know, I like to call it, um, you see, all media at one point were new, right? Right. And so I just like to make a distinction between like kind of um, existing media, okay, previous media, previously, and, yeah. and new media so the, or new media. Correct. So the previous approach, yeah. where, where we, we had more, a, a more solid um, 
method yeah um where we could take time to to to, to that's why people a lot of these so-called celebrities with the followers Whitney Marshall are getting in trouble because if people like Chrissy Teigen and others got someone to to you know and a previous president got someone to you know sort of scan through and edit yeah. and say oh, maybe you should consider saying it this way instead it would save them from a lot of consequences on you know that that they don't desire but i want to hear what hr has to say again joan gaston um has this new approach been more beneficial you feel or less beneficial where are you with regards to the measurements yeah. you know it's yeah. here to stay yeah, it's definitely more beneficial. I mean, like okay. you mentioned, I mean, you, it, just having access to all of the data. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that the thing where it becomes, I think, hurtful. I don't know if hurtful is the wrong word, right word, but going back to what Dr. McCune was saying around, it's okay, human behavior, consumer behavior. Totally agree with that. Mm -hmm. And then you talk about Whitney Marshall, and she's talking about how talent feels like they have this platform, and it's their responsibility to say all these things. And then you have my employees that are in like this, you know, and mm -hmm. they're absorbing every little thing that's there that may or may not be true. So that's, it's, it's like, you've got to, I don't know what the word is. You have to be able to disseminate between the information, like what's fact and what's not fact. Yeah. And Bhatt, can I just say that fun. information literacy is what um, I just wanted to give you the term. Yes. Where we mm -hmm. have a very information mm -hmm. illiterate um, population. Yes. Um, and that's part of the issue. Especially, so especially if they have so a huge following and limited knowledge, yeah. you know. Yeah. You know, not everybody who has a huge following has the ability to to provide solid content. You know, it may have come from their physical features or whatever, blah blah. And and I'm saying this factually, not 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 begrudgingly. Or you know, it it is what it is. Um, and and just to say, it, Whitney Marshall, one of the things that I wanted to to share from my perspective and my experience in the industry, whilst keeping up and going through the waves, you know, to this point, is that I'm actually happy for the talents, that they own their, their stuff, you know, that they have some more leverage because a lot of them were exploited. You know, I had to read through a lot of contracts with limited legal, you know, often re reaching out to attorneys like yourself to advise clients and, and really see them fight, for survival, you know, with labels and so on. Like that was crazy. And I'm sure they are happy that they can, you know, handle. Um, I also want to make reference to um, during COVID, how we were able because of digital media to survive. It's almost as though the universe and the creator of the universe, because I try to be fair to all, saw what was coming and prepared us with technology, mm -hmm. you know, and prepared us and say, hey, this is what's going to be happening in 2020. But before we get there, you better have Instagram, you better have Zoom, <laughs> you better have TikTok, because DJ Nice would need to have a party. <laughs> we're going to need to have Versus TV, give us a Biddy Man and a Bounty Killer, Sound Clash, and a... Um, 
Well, I see that Erica Badu and somebody else and this and that and whatever. And it, it actually made, we, let's talk about the businesses that were created and the professions that were created as a result of this new um, media era. Oh yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I I just wanted to. I have to. Unfortunately, I do have to leave shortly too. But I wanted yeah. to say, even when we deal with misinformation, we're, we're and almost wrapped up. Eh? Right. Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. Even mis and disinformation, we can see now we've created a whole line of work for fact checking. Yeah. Right. Where people know that hey, like there's a lot of this rubbish out there. It has <laughs> been a challenge for our platforms and for the legal teams for sure. <laughs> but I, I think. Now that we see cancel culture and other things mm -hmm. rising, we know credibility is becoming more and more important, which is why yeah. I said journalism is actually, formal journalism is going to rise again. Oh, I'm and ready. Call me. Yes. Message me. And the pendulum <laughs> is swinging back where people realize. Yeah. You need real journalists. To, yeah. to, to, that's, to, right. that's perhaps what's missing, right, Joanne yeah. Gatson? We, yeah. need, we need professional censors like more to say, hey, let's, let's make sure that we're still maintaining a credible and reputable institution, you know, on the digital side, because right. that's what bothers me, Dr. McCurran. That bothers me a lot. Like I, um, as I said, I came in at the tail end of the yep. previous, I kept up with the new media, but I still have these core values in me that I can't let go of. And I'm irritated to, to see people not maintaining reputation, credibility, and, and those things, you know? And, and the Gazette papers, that's for that reason, right? And, yes. and, you know, it may not have that, but The Economist has just posted their earnings and it's on the rise again. So I think really? we're in a moment of the pendulum where it swung really far into, mm -hmm. you know, everybody on a soapbox. And I think it's returning. People see the, 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 the flaws, the deep flaws. Well, I'm open to be a part of it and I'm keeping up. But before we go, we want to talk, we have an open mic section here and, you know, um, latest hot topics. I don't know. I think Joanne Gatson has something she wants to sound off on today. Absolutely. So, you know, just thinking about the fact that we thought that COVID was behind us and now, you know, my kids are getting ready to go back to school. We're trying to bring my employees back to work into mm -hmm. the office. What does that look like? And just where I thought we were kind of turning a corner and we were okay to everything's going to be good. I'm not so sure anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. Not so sure. I, I have to agree with you. I, it has left me feeling some sort of ways mm -hmm. <laughs> over the past two weeks here. We had a hiatus and I really felt it because our, our kids went back to school, but thankfully online, um, because this Delta variant is really concerning. Um, we don't have the facts. We just want to follow the experts and advise everybody to do the same you know, get vaccinated, yeah. wear your mask. And yes, I feel it. You know, how is it over in Canada, Dr. McCurran? Well, you know, I have to say we started late. I talked to my colleagues around the world and we were very frustrated in and around like February, March of this year that we were yeah. so slow on getting vaccines. But Canadians, once the vaccines came in, we I now think we both were in the top two or three countries in the world in terms Excellent. of vaccine numbers. So we are yeah. about 81%. Wow, I'm moving to Canada. Yeah, and <laughs> 70s. Well, and but and we are planning to have the, the children go back to school in person. Yeah. Um, we, we felt that the costs were too high on having them remote. There are some yeah. programs that will be remote. My university is partial mm -hmm. um, in person and remote because we can't get international students back. 
but I think COVID is teaching us many lessons here and yes. we have to learn, right? Yeah. And we have to learn what's yeah. being taught here. And we have to learn that we can't always predict and we have to be prepared to move. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So I want to urge you all to go follow these queens on their respective social platforms, whether it be IG, Twitter, it's going to be in the body of this article associated with the broadcast on bashapowell.com. And this is the reason we do what we do. This is the reason I tell people every week, you know, it's life will never be the same for me because of this platform and because of the amazing women I get to connect with every single week. I wish we could go on and on, but all good things must come to an end. This is the reason we created this podcast, to bring outstanding women together from around the world. It's a revolution. I want to leave you with this. 20 odd years ago, we had to pay to receive a cell phone call. CNN was the fastest news outlet. Social media has changed the game and digital technology. I cannot say the last time I saw or read a newspaper. For those of us who reside in North America, it is very uncommon to see a man at the side of the road selling a newspaper. The future is digital and there's nothing we can do about it. Unfortunately, we are all forced to keep up with these changes or we'll be left behind. You feel me? So remember to be careful what you say about each other. Thank you for, because it takes one to know one. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And to quote our son, Russ, you did a good job, guys. Good, <laughs> good job. You told me this week, awesome job. <laughs> <laughs>